Hello and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalana. And I'm your other host, Sean. And this week we are watching Reboot. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, what do you know about Reboot? Nothing. It's Transformers. And it, it happened in the 90s. Oh. And it was 3D. Okay. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, all the, that's all technically correct. I mean, if you... Uh, what do you mean technically correct? Isn't it correct? It's not Transformers. <laughs> what? You said it's Transformers. <laughs> I thought it was Transformers. It's not Transformers. Well, you brought it up in the context of Beast Wars, so why would I assume it was anything else? Because I didn't say it was Transformers, I guess. <laughs> okay, so first thing that we need to get out, uh, the, the ground rule basic information about Reboot is that it's, it's not, not Transformers. Transformers. Uh, but the same people who made this uh, made Transformers as th- their second ever um, completely like computer animated TV series because Reboot so, was the first ever to exist in the world. By the people, you mean the animation company? Uh, yeah, by uh, Mainframe Entertainment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, basically this was uh, a show that aired from 1994 to 2001. Uh, we were definitely too young for it to ever be on our radar, but there were plenty of people who did like it. Um, and it's... Uh, do you want, like, some basic info on, like, the setting? Yeah, t- tell me anything about anything. <laughs> Yeah, since you thought it was Transformers. Okay, I thought it was um, Transformers, so I really have no clue what we're about to get into. The plot of the show is sort of, um, basically, Mainframe is a computer system, uh, which is the also like the name of the people making the show, uh, and uh, there are sort of a, it's a sort of a heroic setting about programs the characters are programs sometimes they're called things like sprites and the villains are viruses does it take place in a computer yes they work inside the computer system to keep it safe is that it or is there like an outside world that we see or is it only take place in the computer uh yeah interestingly enough it takes place entirely within the computer and we don't see an outside world there's no crossover with it like there is in tron or uh a lot of other series mm-hmm. the sense that the fact that it is a computer and it's used by um people the influence uh of the people outside the computer it can be felt but we don't like get to know anyone okay so who are the characters so you said there are sprites and there are viruses but are there any Mm -hmm. is there any named characters so basically the uh of the sprites so the like main characters uh the main character is a guardian program uh named bob (laughs) okay Uh, his companions are his two friends uh who help him out on his adventures uh, uh a girl and her little brother named enzo matrix and dot matrix why Bob get a normal name? Um, now there's a lot of um. Basically, the reason why the show takes place within a computer is because looking at the like tech rest- 
the like the technical like restraints of making an entirely computer generated like tv show uh they didn't feel like because of sort of a like because of all of those limitations you can't really do like human characters they thought that it would allow for the like blocky looking models and for all the mechanical animation it would be more natural if the characters were like computers and then like later the transformers but why bob get a normal name though I don't know, but I presume that <laughs> I presume that it's a, a reference to a, an obscure like computer fact because this show is like every second is packed full with some reference to the, the technology of computers. Uh, numerous characters are named things like uh, megabyte well, hexadecimal, yeah, ma- dot matrix, uh, ray tracer, stuff like that, and. Um, like the characters like slang and the way that they interact with the world it's constantly everything everything is computer the the sheer amount of references and details that they're able to like fit into the show shows that they were true nerds and well yeah of course they were they were making the world's first computer generated uh tv show well yeah certainly so do you think we're gonna understand what any of the references um i've watched uh, a little of this show before so i know that uh definitely uh they were showing this show they were making the show for kids so while there is references in there uh, it's not like necessary to understand what's going on okay because the references are just for the adults yeah 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 for the nerds <laughs> it, it it creates um uh, that even if you do know about computers, it creates a sort of a, a consistency, like a, a world to it. You know, you don't have to make up lore if you have the the wealth of information that there is on the inner workings of computers. Uh, except <laughs> that you can still make up good lore. Right. I mean, Bionicle exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't have to go with lo- lowest common denominator. Yeah. So, like, the original, like, idea, uh, the technology, uh, the inspiration uh, of the creators uh, was... Osmosis Jones. What? Osmosis Jones. Why did you say Osmosis Jones? Have you seen Osmosis Jones? Yes. It's like taking the human system and personifying every part. So this is like Osmosis Jones for a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the original inspiration was um, b- because the creators were, um, uh, they had created uh, the first, like, widely seen CGI characters, uh, like mm-hmm. in the Dire Straits music video, Money for Nothing. Uh, and it was even, like, back then that they were like, we want to make a TV show using this technology. But it took a while because the technology wasn't there yet. So they, like, things that was in the uh like it was that was 1980 mm-hmm. so it was like 10 years later took a, that the, took a little bit yeah it was 10 years later that the tests like actually began and you reboot you know achieved its look a year later cool mm-hmm. it was um considered a painstaking process no other company had ever worked on a 3d animation project of the scale and all of the software used to create it was new uh to everybody in the company oh, yeah it would have to be i guess 
So uh, this show is the culmination of time, of technology, of the blood, sweat, and tears of a lot of people. And it aged horribly. Well, you're judging before you even see it. That's how you brought it up to me. Well... That's the first thing you told me about it. Look. Look. Um, I mean, graphically, there was a lot of technological limitations back then. You said story-wise, too. I mean, there's... (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, definitely, like, my words were harsh, but I didn't, like, pick this TV show to be like a punishment you know i never pick a show like if like if i because if i think it's gonna be like bad there are people people i know and people i've heard from who like genuinely love this show there is a a fan base to it um that like uh is even like pretty hardcore like from what i hear that there there are actually plenty of reasons to like this show it's just that you know it it is still like a cartoon from the nineties, uh, even if it's an <laughs> exemplary one. It's still like it's pushing on the boundaries of technology, but we're used t- to technology of like thirty years later at this point. Yeah, I I didn't mean the technology, but you said specifically like, oh, it's very nineties. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant about aging. <laughs> Yeah, Not looks-wise. Yeah. Obviously, I have no problem with looks, since we watch Beast Wars. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I thought... It seemed like that might be a concern, but... um, Yeah, I mean, I can't speak too much uh, on, like, first-hand experience. But um, from what I, like, have experienced, yeah... I mean, there might be some parts of it that are, like, a little groan-worthy, but I also saw a lot of, like, interesting stuff that I'm looking forward to talking about with you. Well, let's go get first-hand experience, then. Yeah, let's. (laughs) All right, we're going to go watch three episodes, and then we'll be back to talk about it. You know, there was a reboot of Reboot. Bon appetit! Just wanted to make that pun, okay? back what'd you think uh yeah it was fun what about it most defied your expectations um i thought it was actually pretty ahead of its time as far as dot goes oh because dot is really the protagonist (laughs) (laughs) i mean she's not so the protagonist is bob um and they're they're they all look like people, and there's no explanation for why they look like people, but no one else looks like people. Not um, in the story. The only explanation out of the story is um, budget. Yeah, but in the story, it's just like they look like people. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there's Dot and her little brother Enzo, and then there's Bob, who's a guardian who's not related to them. He just moved to the town they the live main- in. <laughs> the mainframe. The, the the main the town is called mainframe and it's on the net through um, systems and computers and peoples right and 
there's even so dot basically always comes in and has to save bob from something mm-hmm. um because he just does a lot of reckless shit and even in episode three which is all about saving dot's life she comes in and saves bob at the end and he's like i thought you needed help and i could he, save you yeah he was like i thought i i thought i was helping you and she's like i got it covered <laughs> she's uh, like, i figured it out it's fine not only did you, uh, not only did I like figure it out, but you had no reason to even go on this whole ridiculous quest in the first place. Right, you did so much for no reason. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, so that was probably the most surprising part because I was expecting Bob to just be kind of the like flawless uh, main character who does everything right, and he's. fucks up a lot (laughs) the 80s cartoon hero who is flawless except in how he treats women (laughs) but that's fine yeah except bob's not like that not to give anybody the wrong impression he's mostly just a big dope yeah i mean he's just kind of like the butt of all the physical comedy yeah there are a lot of there's a lot of physical comedy in general in this show uh so bob is a guardian which means uh, it means he has a gadget (laughs) that solves problems yeah it's called glitch i guess and he can use it it's like a super gadget that can turn into anything the rules for it are kind of like i have no idea what this can and can't do yeah but Um, it seems like it can turn into pretty much any like real world physical gadget that he might need uh, including stuff that makes no sense like a propeller that actually flies him around yeah, um, but e- even so, him being this, like, oh, he's a protector of the computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a protector of the net. He just, like, he doesn't seem to be that special <laughs> other than he's, having his cool yeah. little gadget. He, yeah, he feels like he's not, like, the special, like, chosen one or whatever. He's just the, like, the dude who was assigned to this job. Right. I, it's honestly, like... He's the technician. Yeah. (laughs) And you'd think that being a technician uh, in a computer would give you, would make you like the the one. But but no, it just means that you can, that you know how to uh, apply your tools to fix the like weird glitches and tears in the programming. But that otherwise, I don't know, you're just a dope that's good at video games. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so their characters are pretty much not what I expected at all. Enzo is pretty predictable just because he's the, you know, viewer, surrogate, little kid. I imagine the only unexpected... Yeah, he he pretty much behaves exactly how you expect him to. The literally only unexpected thing that he does is that he has a weird habit of jumping onto people and sitting on them. <laughs> and, I'm, and little kids don't know personal privacy anyway, so I don't think that's particularly wacky either. I know. He just kind of like throws his body at people that he likes to see. He's just a lot more effective than the average child. <laughs> Affectionate? Effective. At knocking effective. them over. Oh, okay. I thought you meant effective with an A, and I was like, mm. It's fine. He's that too. <laughs> All of the characters are nice enough. Um, Megabyte is like Megatron in that, you know, he's always going to get his ass kicked by the end of the episode and everybody's gonna I have made a that good joke laugh immediately yeah 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 oh um who's his voice actor frollo oh um 
I forget his voice Someone, actor's Tony name. Tony J. Yeah, Tony J, who was Frollo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. When we were watching He's got a great the, voice. Yeah, before this, I've only ever watched episode one. And when we were rewatching it this time, I realized that I recognized his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a great voice and he's been in a bunch of stuff. I found out when I looked up his IMD that he's been in a ton of Dungeons and Dragons video games. <laughs> he's got a good voice for it. That's true. He's got the right amount of like sinister. Yeah, yeah. Um, so his voice acting is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else is really stilted, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mostly Bob. But that's probably because he talks the most that I recognize it the most. Yeah, besides our like main three characters, we've got like a, a, a filler cast of like generic programs to be friends or like part of the evil empire. Except for the one non-generic program. Well, the two. There's the, 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 the gay TV that helps run the diner. And is a French <laughs> The gay stereotype. Italian TV. Right, yeah. And we're not. Uh, I thought he was I, a French I, stereotype, but he might be an Italian stereotype. Actually, no, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure he's, he's Italian. Italian. Um, but uh, in the third episode, I was like, "Oh, he's gay," and I think you thought that I was originally that I was picking up on some sort of stereotype that you were unaware of. Uh, yeah, because you were like, "How do you mean?" <laughs> yeah, so I was like, mm? and I just noticed that like. Everyone has got this weird, like, triangle in a circle symbol on their chest, and everyone else's is black and white, and his is rainbow and white. Yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes it's gold and black, or sometimes... Yeah, for the three humanoid characters, it's gold, it's gold and black. Except sometimes when they reboot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, really. I can't explain it. Um, but yeah, so there's him... Um, and he's so everyone else just is either like a ball or a cylinder shape, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's him who's a TV. And then there is um, I wrote it down as Chinese Pong bot. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the first episode, he shows up to be beaten at Pong by Bob and to be like, oh, you finally bested me in Pong. Here's some wise advice. And I've got a yin yang symbol on my chest and a weird face. And I mean, then he in the never. Third episode, he never implied. He shows back that, up uh, to be beaten at another game. Yeah, he never applied. He never implied that Bob doesn't just easily beat him on the regular. <laughs> but you yeah, have no, to. He's, he's always like, he's always like, oh, you finally learned from my teachings. But we never see him winning. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a Chinese stereotype. I'm pretty sure that his like thing, like Pong, rhymes with Hong Kong. I don't know, but they, in the third episode, I think it was. Or the second episode? It was one of those two. I didn't write it down, but I think they were playing a different game. So I think this robot is supposed to be his, like, wise teacher to make him good at games. Um, yeah, maybe. And and so, like... I don't remember them playing a different game, though. I, I feel like the show doesn't want to put stock in, like, training montages, because Bob is supposed to be already good. But they do want to imply, like, oh, Bob is getting better or learning or something (laughs) Hmm. that's what i think anyway i mean yeah i guess so it's possible at least but mostly he's just like a weird racial stereotype yeah i don't i don't like it like you feels bad you can go to him for your fortune cookies that you need to complete the episode and learn your lesson of the day (laughs) 
everything else about the show is pretty good, pretty great. Like uh, it's managed to uh, endure enough that its uh, flaws are more, besides Fong, uh, are usually like more charming than they are uh, actually negatives. At least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's very, um, when we were watching it, I said it's very much a kid show in the way that kid shows were constructed when we were kids because it feels like the kid shows we watch now are a lot more nuanced at least the ones me and you watch (laughs) you know like star versus the forces of evil and you know well they're they're just made by a different generation you know yeah exactly and but it feels like kid shows back in the 80s and the 90s were very much what this is which is like slapstick humor yeah. Um, you have to have like the big bad who's g- also gets slapped around, but is making the conflict happen. Yeah. You've either got cartoons that are not supposed to be like any negative influence on the kids. So there's not very much like substantial going on. Or you've got cartoons that are like selling toys like really hard. And this feels like this is coming after that, like that it's drawing from that history yeah um so in every episode they have to play a video game against the user and um this is what bob is training for is to beat the user at these games yeah as as the as the ai yeah um and from that me and you had a really i think interesting conversation about the evolution of video games Mm -hmm. there's sort of an implication or sort of an expectation that like like asteroids or something that you boot up these games and you're like inevitably going to be beaten by the computer at some point. Right. Because they used to be in arcade cabinets and the arcade wants you to spend as much money as possible. So if they're easy, then you're going to play it for a long time on one quarter. But if they're really hard, you're going to be feeding money into the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though when this came out, um, video games were making their way or had already made their way off of arcade cabinets, mm-hmm. there was still the kind of assumption that they had to be very difficult. And we hear Bob say, like, I have to beat the user. And he's trying really hard to to beat the, you know, human being playing the game. Yeah. Arcades, you've got like, oh, it, it only costs a quarter, but... Uh, in actuality, it's like, if you want to beat the game, you're probably spending about, like, $5 right. due to the, like, difficulty curve. And they're making uh, plenty of money just off of, like, idle plays that, like, aren't expecting to get to the end of it. Uh, but, right, exactly. People just, like, going up and they're like, oh, I want to play a game for 10 minutes. Let me throw a quarter in. Yeah, but by the time that this by the time that this show came out, games had evolved beyond that. And you can tell that definitely the trappings of the games that they are referencing are more advanced advanced beyond that even if mechanically like it's still relying on that trope of oh the user comes in to play a game and we have to beat him because we're the computer right so they the first game they play in the first episode i said is this star wars because it's kind of a a uh it's kind of like a space sim shooter there's a lot of flying around well and there are they do fly through like an asteroid field Mm mm-hmm in reality, like flying, being on like a carrier, flying to like 
through an asteroid field and then flying to another ship, blowing up a different carrier and then flying into a planet and doing stuff there is something that we've really only been able to achieve very recently. Yeah, (laughs) but um, and the second episode is just a racing game. Yeah. Yes. The first episode is the uh, space shooter. The second game is the racing game. And the third game is a sort of a knight's rescue the princess adventure. I wrote it down as RuneScape. (laughs) It looked very RuneScape. It it looked very OG RuneScape where it was very polygonal and, um, you know, you had the armor and the generic looking sword. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody was trying to be a knight in armor. Yeah. So they definitely are referencing specific games or, you know, specific types of games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you'll see like more of it like later on as we go through, like you'll see like shooters, you'll even see like basically a a Mortal Kombat ripoff. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. That's fun. So definitely um, they're, they're probably like drawing mostly on like the popular games, stuff that's like easy to recognize when you're watching the show. Oh, and in the second episode, in the racing game, the game crashes. Oh, pretty much. Which is like, oh man, sucks for that. Sucks for the user, because he was about to win. Yeah, I mean, if you think (laughs) about it, the user has no idea that any of this is going on inside the computer, and the people in the computer have no idea that the user is like a person. To them, the user is some kind of unknowable, possibly malevolent, or simply seeking their own entertainment individual. it's like a kind of creepy because this like uh box this box descends from the sky and captures everybody it descends upon and they're forced to play the video game against the user mm-hmm. and and bob will go specifically fly in under the box if you fly into the side of the box you die <laughs> or you know just hit the wall you you respawn or whatever but if you go under it um you get you're forced to play the video game and Bob will specifically go do that. Yeah. Cause he, he wants to save all of those guardian? people in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably um, that's part of his job. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's pretty weird. Um, yeah. What do you think about the, uh, the unknowable, the mystery of the user? Uh, I mean, I don't think in, I think in the use universe, I guess it's a mystery, but I think because of the way this show is set up, I don't think it's meant to be that way. I don't think it's meant to be like, oh, the mysterious user, that's what's their angle. Because they know, like, kids who play video games are watching it. They're like, oh, this is you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what you do to them. Mm. I, I don't think, like, for the person watching it, it's supposed to be, like, a spooky mystery, you know? Yeah, no. Uh, we have, we have like, meta-knowledge. You know, there's dramatic irony in uh, the fact that the characters don't understand what the user is. Um, it's it's part of the like monologue that the episodes open with. Uh, the last part of his Monopoly... His Monopoly? No, his monologue. <laughs> uh, after he explains like who he is and what his job is, he says, They say the user lives outside the net and inputs games for pleasure. No one knows for sure, but I intend to find out. Reboot! <laughs> Does he ever find out? I don't know. Yeah, that would be spoilers anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, definitely, at least by putting it in the opening, I don't know if they ever get to cover this or not, but I know it was canceled and brought back and then canceled again, I think. <laughs> I can see it being popular. 
and in the time period it came out. At least in um, Canada. They tried very, very, very hard with the computer references. Well. Like, so hard. Was it, like, too annoying? Did you, was it ever confusing? It was, like, it was just so much. Like, I feel like if someone did that nowadays, not with the outdated references, but if someone did that now with current references, it would be annoying still. I definitely feel like it gives it more of a, uh, it gives it more of a feeling I mean, of, like, being in the setting. Some of it is good and interesting. Um, like, they do reference the main characters being on a much quicker time frame than real life. Mm-hmm. So for them, like, a nanosecond is, like, a minute. Yeah. They said, like, they're, like they, they even say, like, instead of saying, oh, we haven't got all day, they say we haven't got all second. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's pretty interesting <laughs> world building. And they, they do have a, lo- uh, a few other interesting things they say. But one thing just like really stuck with me is super annoying. And that's um, in the third episode, the second episode. Yeah. Which one? Um, when Megabyte. What's wrong? Not, Mega, not Megatron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Megabyte. Um, so Enzo, the little kid, has decided I'm going to start delivering packages for whatever reason. And so... Megabyte's like, I'm gonna, uh, I want you to deliver this package to the other big villain of the game, Hexadecimal? Well, Megabyte and Hexadecimal are both, um, see the the little, like, button that they press to, like, reboot that, um, it's the symbol, the the yellow and black symbol. Yeah, but they're both, like, vague villainy characters. Well, they're viruses, Um, they don't have a reboot button. But, but we only see... As in the first three episodes, we only see Hex in the second episode, but he's like, hey, go deliver this to her. And they hate each other also. Mm-hmm. And so the delivery is actually a bomb to kill her. Um, I really like the designs of the villains. You've got like Hexadecimal. They look really cool. Yeah. Who could like, who actually floated around in his like chair most of the time, but he actually like slots I- <laughs> into his legs separately. In the second episode, he's chilling in his chair, and I'm like, where are your legs? And then in the third episode, his legs float up to him, and I was like, oh, I found him. No, they come out of, like, a compartment in episode two, and he has to, like... Anyway. He has to get in it, like, off camera, because they can't show you how he physically gets onto and attaches himself to the legs. Right, real quick. So in that episode, he's like, okay, Enzo, go deliver this thing to this other person. And Enzo is like, cool. And then it all gets fucked up. And instead of, at the end, Enzo is apologizing to Dot and Bob. And instead of saying, I should have told you the truth, he says, I should have copied and pasted what he said. He says that like 10 times in a row. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I should have copied and pasted the truth. Yeah, like, you could have just, you can just, you don't have to, Okay. <laughs> There's an old readme file. But that one was good. An old readme file was really good. <laughs> but no. but that just Enzo literally says it like ten times in a row, mm-hmm. and it's so annoying. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but I get what you, I understand annoying. that it was probably the most annoying uh, one of them because they were, that was the one that was like you are really reaching on this one. <laughs> the other ones were funny and clever, and this one is just like stop. <laughs> It's like they felt like if they said it more, it would become funnier, and it didn't. Well, it's more that Enzo is the, like, child character, so... And he tends to, like, with his, like, 
Yeah, no, he talks a lot. With his, like, baseball cap that he, like, rotates around his head repeatedly. <laughs> and his, yeah. like, he he talks a lot. He talks really fast and he uses more slang than anybody else. And he repeats what he says the most. So I think that's why if he says something that comes across as, like, annoying or dumb or more forced, then, yeah, he's going to say it loud and proud and he's going to say it a lot. And it's going to be even more annoying. <laughs> um... But yeah, Hex's design is really cool. She's kind of like a regular hourglass-shaped bot for the most part. Um, But then she's also got these really cool masks. She also kind of looks like... She's kind of Medusa-y even. Yeah. With the, like, head. Yeah, she looks like she's got, like, spikes or, like, spider legs all over her. She looks the most like a Transformer out of any one of them. Yeah, she's pretty cool, and uh, she's got this mask which will emote, but it doesn't move when she speaks, like, the mouth. Um, Mm -hmm. Sean really liked that effect. I was on the fence about it. Well, she's got this whole thing where she's got, like, like a mask of many faces. Like, she doesn't have a face, she just has masks. But it also doesn't... Right, and they're, like... They're, they're like, old-fashioned comedy tragedy masks, so they're white with, like, big red lips. Yeah, it's a very impactful... Uh, image it's very effective at like communicating quickly with her design and her like first scene that she like changes her mood like in a second and so yeah and you you get that with the first words she says to her cat thing her cat rat program virus thing yeah she changes her emotions toward it in in two seconds flat yeah so they were i just think that they're like able to like very uh efficiently and effectively like communicate uh their like concepts through like character design and such but um uh i like the face of hexadecimal and how it shifts they're not going like the cheap route of having it stay stock still all the time but they're still achieving the face of of they're still cheesing the effect of the theater masks yeah i just thought they could have gone one way or the other but i do like that it doesn't move when she speaks mm. at least that it's kind of just spooky in that way because everyone else even the you know sphere mm-hmm. and cylinder people i believe have mouths that move when they speak so it's very uh like you said impactful yeah when they do that specific effect on her i think if her mask didn't move at all we'd be thinking oh what's under the mask but right, i don't think sure. that's important and now it's and, and in this case it's like part of her face yeah. But she's definitely way spookier than Megabyte. Yeah, she's definitely, um, uh, she's less played for laughs than Megabyte is, because Megabyte is like the, uh, the, the impotent dictator, the, his minions are, none of them are good enough for him, he has to do everything himself, but he can't be in two places at once. Yeah, she does seem like a bigger threat than him, but she's not as ambitious as him, I guess. I don't know, maybe because... Megabyte's always trying to fuck shit up and always failing at it. And she, the only thing she did was retaliate to Megabyte, trying to delete her. I'm looking forward to seeing more of her in more episodes. I'm about to be super nerdy and say that they are the duality of lawful evil versus chaotic evil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she's interesting. I do want to see more of her. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have like a favorite character or someone else that you're looking forward to seeing more of? Uh, we actually don't get that many nameable characters. So there's Megabyte. He looks 
I can't, I'm trying to think of like who specifically he looks like. It's the lower, it's like Iron Giant. He's got an Iron Giant jaw. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like a big, like hinged jaw. Yeah, but when I look at him, I feel like I've seen something else similar to him. You know, he looks like he's an action kind of like figure. A, he's, he's kind of like a buff um, villain. Yeah, he looks like an action figure. He looks like a some some robot cartoon villain that I've seen before. Yeah, his two his two minions have got a, a unique design. They're kind of like sleek looking robots named Hack and Slash, and they're very cute because mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know anything and they talk over each other all the time. They just honestly, um, you, like you were annoyed by like copy paste. I'm annoyed more by Hack and Slash than anything else. <laughs> you in the hate show. Hack and Slash. I'm not. Fan. I love how they talk over each other. It's like they're both executing the same program at slightly different times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I appreciate them for what they are. <laughs> like Megabyte is like, okay, Hack and Slash, tell me what you did or whatever, and then Hack will start, and then Slash will start, and they'll talk over each other. Yeah, they're constantly going back and forth on stuff and babbling. Um, I'm glad you like hex, it. Hexadecimal, mm. hexadecima. Hexadecima. There's an L at the end of that. There's an L at the end of that. Okay. Um, we talked about her. She's pretty cool. Um, there's Enzo the kid, Dot his older sister, Bob the guardian. Uh, we meet a different, uh, uh, there's the, the Chinese racism bot, the <laughs> Italian racism bot. Um, <laughs> uh, there's like a, in the third episode, they make a joke about slow fast food. Mm-hmm. And that bot also has kind of a different look. He's kind of like older looking and stacked and brown. His name is Al. He's always and got a toothpick in his friend. mouth. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be, be like a Brooklyner. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I'm always hesitant when I try to say like something about New York or New Jersey because I don't actually know the intricacies of yeah anything around that area, and I feel like someone's gonna <laughs> call me out. But yeah, he's got some kind of he's got that region, an accent from that region. Uh, and now I'm just thinking about a bunch of Canadians doing these voices. Right. <laughs> how many? How many? So they impressions? probably don't know the difference either. How many accents and impressions do you know? We need a. We need uh, actors for a children's series. Do you think it's the same person doing all the voices? <laughs> no, but all the racism voices. <laughs> no, but but I could see that is happening. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. So those those are all of the named characters I can think of. Mm-hmm. And none of them really get a personality other than the villains and the main characters. Yeah. So I guess my main, my favorite character would have to be Dot because she's really cool. She's, she's not like the traditional 90s older sister that's like super annoyed by her little brother. I think that's because there are no parent figures anywhere to be found. So they kind of made her to be the parent figure. Ooh. And she does seem like a lot like a mom. <laughs> Yeah, you kept asking me over and over again. <laughs> they only they only made it clear um, part of the way through the second episode. Enzo like specifically says my big sister dot or something like that. I mean, I felt like it was clarified in episode one somewhere. She it she just felt very much like a mom to him. Mm-hmm. It, like she was just short of like, don't forget to go to bed early and do your homework. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But she was still pretty cool. Like like I said, she never has to be saved. She is usually doing the saving. Yeah. Um, 
she's and not she's really got a personality. Yeah, she's not really forced into any specific roles. Yeah, she's just kind of she's just kind of cool, and she's around. Mm-hmm. She's got friends who aren't the main characters. Yeah, we'll run into the a more um, absurdly colored uh, humanoid sprite characters uh, in the future. Right when they get a bigger budget. Yeah, various sh- <laughs> various shades of blue and green and orange and purple. Right, because they they are very, especially in the first episode, they're very specific to be like, they just kind of look humanish. They're not human colored. They're not human like he puts his hair on in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, episode this this <laughs> the scariest moment in the show is in episode three when Dot is like glitching out and you can like see through her model. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Like, I was like, she's definitely dying because she's trying to tell him what to do to save her. And she's glitching out so much she can't finish her sentence. Yeah. Which see, it uh, comes across as like, oh, she is like, her character model is like jumping around in pose. Uh, her model is see-through, so you can see her eyes even when her eyelids are closed. Uh, mm-hmm. She's stuttering like 30 times in a sentence. And it's got, got like a glitchy digital effect on it too. And she's yeah, constantly it, it like- it was a pretty neat effect. Mm-hmm. She's definitely not human. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and all that happens because a magnet gets put on her. <laughs> very, very computer. How can a computer exist inside the data? Uh, that's what I'm like, you mean a magnet? Yeah, how can a magnet exist inside the data? Uh, yeah, who knows? It's very unclear exactly what's going on there. Uh, unless it was supposed to, because all of the items seem to be visualizations of programs. Mm-hmm. Unless it was, like, magnet.exe, I don't know. That's not how that works. Yeah, I know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Because all of, you know, the the bomb that Megabyte sends is, a, a, you know, a, an erase.exe, you know? Yeah. But it's visualized as, as a bomb. Yeah. I'm not expecting the show to be, like, especially, like, so stringent to the computer sciences. I'm expecting it generally to play fast and loose with the rules, as long as it makes for an entertaining episode. And that seems to be what yeah, they're they doing so far. Yeah, they pretty much do that. I think that these animators and the writers, everybody, everybody is having like a lot of fun and putting a lot of passion into the work. Um, like they're pushing forward the technology. They're having a ton of fun writing like something interesting into like every bit of dialogue. They're mm-hmm. coming up with uh, interesting ideas to do with the format. And... Uh, the I think the like biggest signature that's like this is a show where the creators are having fun is the whole concept of the games enables them for every episode that they can jump into a different genre. They can jump yeah. into a into a space fighter. They can jump into uh, a, a race car. They can jump into a fantasy scenario. Yeah, so you can def I I agree that you can definitely tell that the creators are having fun with it mm-hmm. which is i don't know i get it's a large part of why i like it. it has charm to it and 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 in typical 90s kid show fashion there's not a lot of continuity no or or any setup really even in the first episode they just kind of get into it yeah and because um, an episode can even like start with bob thwarting a megabyte plot 
Right. But like the very first episode, I was like, okay, I guess they're just going to drop us into it. Mm -hmm. But it makes sense for, you know, when it was airing, probably just one of these episodes or a few of these episodes will be dropped into a random schedule at a time. So having continuity probably wasn't worth it. Yeah. So they they made every episode individual enough. It's still the 90s, so there's not a lot of shows that are like X-Files or Buffy. There's still a lot of shows that are operating under the principle of any episode can be somebody's first. Yeah, so... Um, That's why... So I feel like if you if you want, even, you could just kind of look... You could scroll through the episode list for all of the hexadecimal episodes and just watch those. Yeah, maybe. You I'm, know I'm, what I mean? I know that there's a... I've been, like, tipped off that there is, like, more continuity later, though. That this is a yeah. show that, like, evolves into the point where it's like, no, you can't skip episodes anymore. Okay, so for the first few seasons, yes. For the later few seasons, no. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, but at least for the the end of the season we watched, you can just kind of, like, skip around to what looks interesting. All right. Do you have a rating? Mm, no, I don't actually. Because I don't either. I really like this show. I don't think it was bitter or sour because I honestly don't think other uh, there were any like super horrible moments. Yeah, and I think that there's this... all 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 you know racism bots, but yeah, they were only in it for I think a combined minute for throughout all three episodes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's enough to bring it down to a sour. Yeah, it didn't disappoint us that bad. Um, I don't know, because... Well, I imagine that definitely some of the... some of the There's going to definitely be some element of it that is going to be a turnoff to somebody, whether it's the visuals or the writing or just whatever. But I think that this is a show that's like really important as a part of TV and animation history. Are you suggesting spicy? I'm not suggesting one. I'm just laying out the facts. Okay. Well, because you did specifically say, oh, I can see why different parts of this would be unappealing, but it is good in this sense. Yeah, it's really good. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hate it. I probably won't watch more of it unless we're showing it to a different friend. I see. Just because, you know, non-non-plot stuff isn't really my bag. Mm-hmm. but um it was fun to watch yeah i'm just thinking of all the shows that i got to enjoy because this show did it first and i'm really loving the fact that it's both a piece of animated tv history and it's still a very watchable show and i'm definitely I'm thinking i'm not going for savory sorry i know <laughs> i was just considering it i know but you can go for it if you want to Sure, I'll say it. I'll get it savory. <laughs> With my biases, I think it's worth it. Okay. Um, well, I do think it's a very good show, and it is pretty important in history. And in, you know, just watching it, you can kind of get a sense of the 90s as far as technology goes and video games. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that the characters and the plot, at least as far as the first three episodes goes are strong enough to bring it up to savory. By our modern standards? No, not I don't mean like... I, I just mean like... In general. In general, there's... 
not a strong theme. <laughs> I know that sounds weird considering it's entirely computer based, but I just mean like as far as what are like there's no even like as far as kids programming goes, there's no lessons really. Well, instead of theme, because I think it has really good theming, do you mean you don't think that has like an especially strong hook? Yeah, I suppose. I just mean like there's no one thing carrying it. Like like I said, there's no life lessons that they learn. There's no I don't understand how life lessons strong would plot. be something to carry it. I, I just mean as far as like kid shows go, there's usually like that one thing. Mm, I don't like, know what you mean. Hey kids, don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk about this more because I don't understand that, but uh, I think that I'm definitely cutting it like an overabundance of slack <clears throat> because of my personal feelings on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm willing to rubber stamp whatever rating you give it. Well, I like I said, I'm between sweet and spicy, and I don't know. Spicy, we usually go for, I think it might be spicy because for those, we usually, even though we don't tend to go for animation and spicy. Mm-hmm. Those shows usually are reserved for would-be savory, if not for one thing. Yeah, if not for caveats, whereas sweet is more like... Sweet is more like, it's good in a weird... It's good, but not great. Sweet is more of a guilty pleasure, I guess? Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I would definitely uh, I would definitely back you rating it uh, spicy. Yeah, because I I do think it's really good, and like I said, pretty important. I just think that there are, you know, different things in this show that aren't for most people. Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Do you ever feel silly when we're doing the ratings? (laughs) What, just because of what we named them all? Yeah. (laughs) I'm an adult, and I can call anything what I want to call it. Okay. Yeah, so we've rated this show. Reboot. (laughs) Reboot. Yeah, reboot. You gotta say it correctly. Also, every time I hesitate saying Megabyte, it's not because I want to call him Megatron. It's because I want to call him Megabot, and I don't know why. Megabot? Is Megabot anything? I keep wanting to call him Megabot. (laughs) I know Metabots are a thing, but I don't know about Megabots. Maybe that's what it is. Megabot's more generic. It's probably something that you can get out of like a... (laughs) It's probably bootleg Transformers. Yeah, or some, or like something that you could see on like an, uh, an infomercial or a Cartoon Network commercial, probably. Yeah, uh, I just think it's because he's a robot and it flows. It just flows really well, Megabot. Yeah. Anyway. No wonder there's so similar, so many similar named characters and things. <laughs> uh, Reboot gets a spicy rating, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. And, oh, where did we watch Reboot? Oh, yes. Okay, so this is really cool. Uh, we watched Reboot for free online on ShoutFactoryTV.com. Uh, Shout Factory is a, a really good, interesting uh, company. Is it, sorry, is it ShoutFactoryTV.com? Yeah, it's shout, www.ShoutFactoryTV, all one word, .com. But, okay. Yeah, which is uh, their website for, like, streaming uh, a bunch of like shows and movies and stuff that they put out. They put out a lot of like retro stuff. Um, they do a lot of those like they do re-releases a lot. Those like night 
they do um yeah they do a lot of re-releases uh they they do uh, mystery science theater 3000 uh, they do those um those kind of like kitschy sort of like d horror movies you know what i mean kind of like mm-hmm. kind of like something that you'd watch on 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 a, like a, a local broadcast type station so yeah mm-hmm. they put out a lot of like older and like pulpier movies um but and when it comes to like tv yeah they're i've uh, got a lot of interesting stuff going on i'm super fond of supporting them because they've uh, been uh, releasing super sentai over here in america with subtitles yeah. official subs right yeah. or dubs official subs uh and they've been doing dvd releases and you can watch all nine of the super sentai series that they have uh subs for uh for free also on shoutfactorytv.com the same place that you can watch reboot they've done everything from uh Ranger to time ranger um yeah shout factory is really cool it's extremely cool that they're they're doing that and they're putting it out for free. You can watch all sorts of other stuff. Like you can watch the old Thunderbirds. You can watch Ultraman Leo. Uh, <laughs> this is not sponsored content, by the way. But if Shout Factory wants to send you all of the other DVDs they've made, you would continue talking about them in a sponsored fashion. <laughs> not only would I continue talking about them in a sponsored fashion, I'd start a new podcast where I watch all of the DVDs they <laughs> called, send me. Called Shout Shout Factory is the best po- dot podcast. I don't, why not? <laughs> <laughs> They're oh, cool. God. No, I agree. Actually, I'd cool. have to turn that down because they do so much like House of Horror type stuff, and I can't no, watch that. That's why. That's where I would come in. <laughs> I can't watch that much horror D movies, so I'd have to like shovel them all over onto your side of the podcast. I guess. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the rewatch podcast where we're not talking together. It's just us separately. You talking about uh, superheroes and me talking about old horror movies. Yeah, mostly just us like shouting from like buried under like an enormous pile of like DVDs, and we're like shoveling <laughs> and throwing them at each other and being like, "Did you watch that one yet?" <laughs> Uh, so catch us in two weeks for The Rookie, the new Nathan Fillion show, and uh, come talk to us at TVD Pod on Twitter, or uh, is it TVD Podcast on Facebook? Oh man, it's been a while. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> you can yeah, it's TVD Podcast on Facebook. You can email us at TVD Podcast at Gmail. And if you would rather not subscribe to us in iTunes or Google Play. You can subscribe to the RSS feed on our website, tv-dinner.pinecast.co. And that's it. I'm going to do the thing that I said I was going to do. Oh my gosh. Last episode. What? Nothing. Did you say, oh no? No, I didn't. This is why I'm not telling you the quotes beforehand anymore. Oh no. (laughs) That's a real oh no. Um... So this week's food quote is, food is a common denominator for all people. And that's by Guy Fieri. (laughs) Nice. Bye. Bye.